Hey guys, we are so glad you're here with us at Journey Church Online. I want you to know God has something so amazing for you today. This service was made with you in mind. So make sure you take the opportunity to lean into what truth is spoken. As we jump into the service, I want to encourage you to share this video with someone. The small action of sharing this service could be the start of life change for whoever sees it. Now join me in prayer as we prepare for God's message of victory for your life today. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather. God, we pray that you bless our service. God, you bless our time. And Lord, you share with us today something special that we need. And we love you, Jesus. Amen. Hey guys, and welcome to Journey Online. Thank y'all for being here today. It's Father's Day. That's what we're celebrating this weekend. And, and so for many of you, hopefully you're there gathered around a TV with your family. And dads, you're the one that's leading and you're the one that has said, hey, listen, we're going to church today. We're going to be a part of the church family. Even if it is being there in your home. And for some of you, I know it's probably on the lake too as well. And, uh, but as long as you're getting, gathering around uh, the teaching of God's Word and you're t- showing your family that church and Christ is a priority Man, I'm praying that God will bless this and uh, will make a difference in your life. Today we're talking about victory over our fears. And I know it might seem weird on Father's Day to be talking about victory over our fears on Father's Day. But I feel like sometimes, you know, we look to our dads and we think our dad is the, the one who keeps us safe. And dad is the one who, who is going to be the brave one in the family and stuff. But sometimes, and I know this for men, that we're afraid of leading. And we're afraid of leading in a way that... Uh, it's going to make a huge difference in our family because we don't feel like we know enough or whatever the reasons might be. But we let fear rob us of the privilege and the incredible blessing of being a spiritual leader in our home. And so today I want us to look at a story. And this is out of Exodus uh, chapter 14. And if you are familiar with the story, maybe you are, maybe you're not. But if we go back, the Israelites, were, were, they were held captive and they were, they were slaves there in Egypt. And they had been building, you know, Pharaoh's cities and doing all these things. And, and anyway, they had this leader come along named Moses. And Moses was this great leader who was raised by Pharaoh in his home. You know, he had, his, his daughter had found him in, uh, in, the, uh, in the river and, and literally brought him into the palace and raised him. So he was, had all kinds of education and training. But God got a hold of Moses at a burning bush. And we had this burning bush moment where his life was changed forever. And so he is going back. He's telling Pharaoh to let his people go. And, and so Pharaoh, at first, has, his heart is hardened, and he's saying no time and time again. They go through all these plagues. But finally, they're released. They are released from captivity, and they're celebrating. They're walking out. They're literally kind of taunting Pharaoh, as you, if you will, as they're walking out. And so God is leading them out. Moses is leading them out. And they, they come to a place that almost seems like a ridiculous military strategy where they're camped out beside this Red Sea. And so we're going to pick up there today in, in uh, Exodus chapter 14, and, and we're going to read this story. And you talk about a fear. You know, there's fear that wells up here among the people, the Israelites, if they've just been set free, and they're on this road to the promised land. So check out what happens here. It says, Then the Lord God gave these instructions to Moses, order the Israelites to turn back and camp by Paharahoth between Migdal and the sea. That's a tough word. 
camped there along the shore across from Baal Zephon, the Pharaoh will, uh, then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They're trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. And I have planned this. God has planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So God is saying, hey, listen, after this, the Egyptians will know there is one God. And so the Israelites camped there as they were told. And, and when word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done letting all these Israelite slaves get away, they asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot, called up his troops, and he took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, and each with its commander. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So he chased after the people of Israel who had left with fists raised in defiance. I mean, think about that. It's like, hey, listen, man, they're defying Pharaoh as they're walking by, and they're fixing to be a little bit afraid about what they've done. It says the Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army and all his horses and chariots, his charioteers and his troops. And the Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore near Pahareth. Yeah, that right there. Across from Baal Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up in panic when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them and they cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, this is what they said, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you uh, it, this, would be, this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than to be a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Stand, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians will see, you will see, you see today what you'll never see again. Then the Lord himself will fight for you. We talked about that last week, that God fights our battles. And too often... You know, we think, hey, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. There are things that God may lead you to do, but he is the one that fights our battles. And so just, it says, just stay calm. Then the Lord said to Moses, and it's kind, of, it's kind of almost like, hey, listen, what are you waiting on? Let's go. He says, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. So we see the story here, and we see what's happened is the people of Israel literally have been released. They go by kind of in defiance, shaking their fist at the Pharaoh. They get to this bottleneck, if you will. And then all of a sudden, Pharaoh says, you know what? They're camped out there. They're crazy. We're going after them. We, you know, change them out. So he goes after them and they see him coming. And we see that, you know, God protects them as he opens up this Red Sea and allows them to go across, not on muddy ground, but on dry ground. That's a miracle in itself. And so, but we see that fear does some things to us. And for many of you out there, maybe you, maybe you battle fear. Maybe, maybe you're living in fear right now. Maybe there's things that hold you captive, just like these Israelites. They, it holds you captive, and fear is one of those things. And so, this is what fear does to us. Fear uh, makes us skeptical. Fear makes us skeptical. It makes us skeptical. We look at this passage here. It says, "And they said to Moses, Why did you bring us here to die in the wilderness?" You know, here's the thing. Moses led them. From captivity, where they were slaves, they were being tortured, they were being abused, all these things. You know, the women were being abused, all kinds of things were happening. But yet, they're saying, why did you bring us here only to die? And so they were skeptical. All of a sudden, they're questioning Moses, who they had seen perform incredible miracles. And they believed that he was God's man. And so they begin to be skeptical about Moses. And they're skeptical about the God that they claim they serve. The God that they claim that, they, that, 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 that they're his people. And so we see here where they get skeptical. And here's the thing, we do too. 
When, when we let fear kind of creep into our lives, we get skeptical. We wonder, where is God? Maybe with some of the things that are going on with the pandemic and different things, maybe some of you who you claim to be followers of Christ or you claim, hey, man, I'm a man of God, all of a sudden you're questioning, you're skeptical of God. You're skeptical of the leaders, you know, that God has put in place to lead the churches and to speak and whatever. And so we become skeptical of anybody and everybody. And that's what fear does to us. All of a sudden we're questioning everybody rather than trusting God and trusting his leadership that he has put in place. Here's another one. It makes us selfish. Look at this passage here. It says, weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? That is such a crazy statement to me. Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Couldn't we have just died there? What have you done to us? Everything's about us. They're saying, what have you done for us? What did you, why did you make us leave Egypt? And that's what we have a tendency to do. When we get fearful, we're worried about our, our safety. We're worried about our things. You know, it's kind of like whenever there's a, a fire in a room, you know, everybody starts running out because they're worried about their life. They're not worried about others. And what happens is a lot of times, man, people are injured and hurt because of people just trying to get out and they don't really care who's in the way. Getting back to Black Friday, I mean, some of the things that have happened to security guards and people that have just tried to open a door because of a crowd coming in that is super filled with greed and selfishness. And so here we see it makes us selfish. You know, uh, fear makes us selfish. We, we get afraid and we're, it's kind of like someone who's drowning. You know, someone who's drowning, one of the things they always tell you is you have to be careful if someone is drowning that you don't go out there and let them drown you as well. You have to make sure that you take control of the situation and you're able to get them to safety without them drowning you because they're so desperate for air. They're so afraid of drowning, they'll just about drown you as well. And so here's, here's another thing that makes us stubborn. You know, some of us don't need any help in this area. It makes us stubborn. And so look at this passage here. Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. There are some people that are just super stubborn, and we don't have to do anything to help them with that. God doesn't have to do anything to help them with that. It's just, that man, that's their, their stronghold in their life. That is their, that's their issue. And so they struggle with being stubborn. They're, they're stiff-necked is what Scripture calls that at times. They're stiff-necked. They're hard-hearted. And, and so they're stubborn. And so I, I think about... You know, those who hear the gospel, there are people that we see all the time that are living in bondage, living in, you know, as captives. You know, they're, they're, they, they just don't want to be free. They're, they're like, I'm okay with where I'm at. And you're thinking, you know what? God has better for you. God has more for you. And, and so they're stubborn enough that they want to stay there. There's people, you know, I remember when computers came out, people didn't want to have anything to do with a computer. You know, and they were like, you know what? I'm not using a computer. I remember pastors saying... I don't want one for my office. I'm not using one or whatever. And they're just tools. But sometimes we're so stubborn and we want to draw a line, not out of conviction. It's just being stubborn. And so it will make us very stubborn. And so fear is is one of those things that drives us to being stubborn. Here's another one. It makes us short-sighted. Look at what it says here. Let us be, be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. So what they're saying, what the Israelites are saying to Moses, they're saying, hey, listen... You know, it would have been better to just been a slave and in captivity than to be free. And I understand they're saying, hey, listen, we don't want to die out here on, the, on this, this desert floor. But what they're missing is they've taken their eyes, kind of like what we talked about. We ta- they've taken their eyes off of the God that they serve and they claim to serve. They've taken their eyes off the God that, that you know, is able to overcome the giants in our life like we talked about last week. And so what they're focused on is the, their fear is Pharaoh. And so they're focused on him. And they're letting that focus on him rob them of the promises of a promised land, of promised freedom, of of a life like no other. And so they're more willing to say, hey, listen, I'll just stay here 
And I'll just endure all this agony and all this abuse that I'm going through rather than walk in freedom, rather than walk in, you know, just victory. They would rather stay defeated. And there's some of you that maybe you feel that way as well. Maybe, you know, you've become so short-sighted, you just think, hey, this is the best it's ever going to be. Jesus said, I have come that you might have abundant life. And that abundant life is not just in eternity, and it's not just in heaven, but it's here and it's now. And so Jesus wants you to experience abundant life. He wants you to walk in freedom. He wants you to walk in, in, in victory day by day. And, and so don't be so short-sighted that you think, hey, this is all there is. There's more. And let's, let's look at this. Here's a statement I love. Too often, we don't take the next steps out of fear we will fail in following Christ. So these people didn't want to take the next step. Moses walks over. He raises his staff. He begins to part the Red Sea, which had to be an un- unbelievable sight as these waters begin to part. And it's not muddy ground. It is dry ground that they go across with carts and with animals and with children. And they're literally walking through the middle of a sea with walls of water on each side. I can't imagine what that must have looked like. And so too often... We don't take the next steps out of fear we will fail in following Christ. I, I think there are times in our life that God may be dealing with us about something. Maybe some of you, God's been dealing with you for a while. Not just, not just a few days, not just a few weeks, maybe even for years. And, you know, and you're too afraid to follow Christ and to take those next steps. And, and I will just tell you, I can remember growing up, going to school, I mean going to church, Going to Sunday school, hearing the message, hearing the gospel. And it was a part of me. I wanted what was offered through the gospel. But I was afraid of what my friends might think. I was afraid of what it might cost me. I can remember going on different things, canoe camp outs, all kinds of stuff. Going to uh, even revivals and stuff where I would hear the message. I would think, man, I would love to be saved. But I'm not sure I want to give up everything that I've got. Because I thought that was it. So it was a fear that was keeping me from experiencing all that God wanted for me. And I think there's some of you out there that maybe you're feeling the same way. You're afraid of what it might cost you to follow Christ. And then some of you, you're afraid that you won't qualify. You're afraid that you won't be good enough. You're afraid, afraid that you will fail. And, and look at it again. Too often we don't take the next steps out of fear. We will fail in following Christ. Let me tell you this. Whenever you receive Christ, when you put your faith in Him... Number one, it's not by works. It's not anything that we do to qualify. All we do is we receive a gift. The gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it's by faith and faith alone. And so, hey, you can't fail. All you can do is receive this incredible gift and say, Jesus, I want to receive uh, salvation through you, Jesus, but through what you did on the cross, what you did through the power of the resurrection. Jesus, you are the one who has purchased it. So, Jesus, I want to receive the gift that you offer to me. So, by faith, we're saved. That's all it is, is, is faith. And, and, and so whenever we put our faith in Christ, we're following Him. And, and you can't really fail because here's the thing. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you always. And, and the, the Bible even says, whom God holds in His hand, no one can snatch away. And so if, even if you mess up, if you blow it, if you do, God is faithful and just and will forgive us of all sin. If we confess our sins, if we repent of our sins, He will turn, you know, He will turn an eye to that. He'll say, listen, I see it no more. He'll wipe it away. He'll wash it away. So here's, here's one of the first steps we take. Baptism is the first step of obedience after receiving Christ. And so oftentimes we won't take that next step of baptism because we're afraid. So here's the thing. We don't follow Christ in believer's baptism because of fear. There are some of you that, you, you know, maybe you've made a decision to accept Christ, but you're kind of like that Christian in, in hiding. 
You're, you're the, the chameleon. You want to blend in. You, hey, I'm a Christian, but I don't want anybody to really know. You know, I'm kind of, uh, you know, James Bond, undercover, whatever you want to call it. But the thing is, is we're to go public. We're to let everybody know that Christ lives in us. And so baptism is going public. It's letting everybody know whenever we go through the waters of baptism, we say, hey, listen, I want to go public with my profession of faith. Baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ in baptism. Raised in, in the newness of life. And so we're going public with that. We let everybody know that Christ lives in us. And so we don't follow Christ in baptism because of fear. And some of you literally, I've heard people say this. Hey, listen, man, I'm afraid that I will fall in. I'm afraid that, you know what, that I'll mess up. I'm afraid that they won't be able to get me up. Listen, we've baptized some big guys in that, in that tub right up there. And here's the thing. We've been able to get every one of them up. And so I would just say, if you're letting fear keep you from being obedient in the area of baptism, man, quit focusing on the fear and focus on the God who has saved you and the fact that, you know what, it's a step of obedience. So we've got to be willing to take that next step. Here's another one. We fail to connect with other believers in life groups because of fear. There are some of you that would love to be a part of a life group where you're learning about God's Word, where you're building relationships that could last forever, but you're afraid, you know what, if I get there, they won't like me. If I get there, maybe I won't like them. If I get there, they may be weird. You know, if I get there, they may ask questions. And, and I always tell this, and I, I say this in our membership class, there are times whenever I will, I'll literally go through a series of questions, and I'll ask simple questions like, I tell us, you know, how long have you been coming to Journey Church? And everybody kind of go around in a little small group, and they'll talk about that. And then I'll say, hey, listen, tell me, you know, tell us uh, what you learned from the message today. And they'll kind of go around the room, and they'll, they'll talk about that. And then I'll give them one other thing. Hey, where were you born? Because a lot of times people don't, you know, they don't know. Hey, man, we grew up in the same area. And then the last question I always ask, and it's kind of a joke, but it's also a reality. Say, hey, what is your deepest, darkest secret? And everybody just has this nervous laughter that kind of fills the room. And it's kind of a, just a, a demonstration. But what I tell them is, hey, listen, if you've been in a life group long enough and you connect with other believers who love you, who pray for you, who care about you, love your family, love your kids, then here's the thing. You'll share those deepest, darkest secret, secrets without anybody having to ask because you trust them. And some of you need somebody like that in your life that you can trust and you can share some of the burdens that you're carrying around. But it's only going to come because you have built relationships and there's been a trust built. And so I would encourage you to be, have the courage to take that next step. That's, a, that's an important step. But too often we let fear rob us of great relationships and of spiritual growth and of being able to connect in the body of Christ the way that God intended for us to. Too often what we do is we let fear keep us from that. Here's another one. We don't pray because of fear. We don't pray because we're afraid. I don't know how to pray. I hear people say that all the time. I don't know how to pray. Prayer is communication with God. It's a conversation with God. If you know how to talk to somebody, you know how to talk to God. You know, and, and Jesus even gave us a model prayer. Hey, listen, follow these elements here, and whenever you've done that, you will have done a, a solid prayer. And mo most of us even know the Lord's Prayer, you know, the Lord's model prayer. You know, and, and so we can look in Scripture. Go look in Scripture. We talked about that last week. Get into God's Word. Look at what they prayed. Look at what Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. He prayed for you. He prayed for me. He prayed for all believers that would, would hear the gospel and respond. So go back and look at how Jesus prayed and learn from Him. And then here's another thing. We don't share our faith because of fear. We don't share our faith because we're afraid that, hey, you know what? They, I, I, they'll ask a question I don't know. Let me just go ahead and answer that for you. They will. And there will be, a, there will be an answer that you will not have. That's okay. You can always say, hey, listen, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but let me get with somebody that might know the answer. Let me check with my pastor. Let me check with a friend of mine, or let me do a little study. And you don't have to have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. 
But it doesn't give me the right not to share the gospel, not to share the hope of the world, not to share the faith that I have. And, and so we don't share our faith because of fear. We, we're afraid that somebody's going to be offended. The gospel is offensive. I can go ahead and eliminate that one right now. The gospel is offensive. It's an exclusive statement. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. That's exclusive. And, hey, in some ways, it's offensive. But it's the truth. And if you want to hear the truth, the truth will set you free. And, and so we've got to have the courage to share our faith and not be afraid of, the, of not knowing all the answers, afraid of how they might respond, afraid that they might reject you. They don't reject you. They reject Christ. And what you're doing is you're being obedient to sharing the gospel. And so we need, to, we need to make sure that we know how to do that. Here's the last one. We don't lead our families because of fear. Especially, I would say this to the dads. There's so many times I hear dads say that they would love to be the spiritual leader. They just feel like they don't know enough about the Bible. Then apply what you do know. And I promise you, if you would apply what you do know, people would start seeing a change. And I would even say this to every dad that is watching this or every dad that is in the room. is this. Have the courage to take these steps. Man, if you want to lead your family and you've never been baptized, set the tone. Go through the waters of baptism. Have the courage to, to go forward and say, hey, listen, man, I want, to, I, want to go, I want to follow Christ in believer's baptism. Then that is being a spiritual leader, setting the tone, is modeling that. Then have the courage to lead your family to get involved in a life group. Take your wife and say, hey, listen, man, we're going to get involved in a, in a small group. We're going to get involved in a life group and we're going to connect with other believers and we're going to grow in our faith. Pray. Pray with your family. Man, I mean, even if you can just do the lay me down to sleep type prayer or God bless this meal type prayer, just whatever. Just begin somewhere. So as a dad, do that. Share your faith. Let your kid, one of the coolest things in the world is for your kids to see you sharing the hope that you have, sharing the love of Christ in a loving, compassionate way. Let them see that you love Jesus enough to share him with others. And I'm just telling you, when you do those things, you will be leading your family. So don't let fear rob you, Dad, of the privilege of leading your family, of loving your wife, of leading your, 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 your family in a way that honors God. So don't let, let God rob you of that. Listen to what it says here in Isaiah 41, 10. It says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I love that. God will hold you up. Guys, He will be there with you. He will walk with you. He will help you to lead your family if you'll only submit and surrender to Him and trust Him. It goes back to trusting Him. Look at this next passage here. Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each other. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. What he's saying, hey, listen, if you're going to be obedient... Man, you're making it clear to everybody around you. You know what? I'm there with you. It's important. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representation, here's the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything. And so if you're worried, you know what? Hey, there's not enough. I don't know enough. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. He will teach you everything. He will remind you of everything I have told you. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So Jesus is telling us right there, don't be afraid. And don't, don't worry that you don't know everything. I'm sending one that will teach you. I'm sending a teacher, an advocate, a counselor. Man, I'm, I'm sending a, a prayer warrior to put him within, inside of you to help you become all that God wants you to be. 
And so just trust in the Holy Spirit to teach you and equip you and prepare you. And here's the thing. It's a process. It is, a, it is submitting to a process. It's learning to walk with Christ. You know, you don't learn everything in one day. You don't receive, you know, everything in one day. God, we couldn't handle it. And so that, here I am. I've been a believer since I was 19. Now, I'm 54 years old. I'm still learning. I'm still experiencing more and more of God each day. And so God knew, man, I couldn't handle all of that in one moment. And so he's given me a lifetime to be able to live that out. So here's another one. This is important. Faith conquers fear. If we put our faith in Christ, faith conquers fear. And so look at what it says here. Faith is living in a hope that is so real that it gives absolute assurance and causes change. Absolute assurance. And so if, if I'm walking in that confident hope, if I'm walking in that absolute assurance, here's the thing. I'm going to believe God's Word. I'm going to apply God's Word. And I'm going to experience change. I'm going to be a different man. I'm going to walk different. I'm going to act different. I'm going to respond different. I'm going to love different. I'm going to see different. And I'm going to, I'm going to live different. And so it's going to bring about change. And, and so look at what it says here in Hebrews eleven six. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. We can't even begin the journey without faith. It's putting our faith in what God has done. God sent His only Son, Jesus, into the world to, to die so that we might live. It's me putting my faith in what Christ did on the cross. It's me putting my faith in what, what Jesus did and through the power of the resurrection. It's me putting my faith in what Jesus taught. It's me putting my faith in the fact that Jesus ascended and sits at the right hand of the Father and He intercedes for me. It's me putting my faith in the fact that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to live within me, to dwell within me, to teach me to walk with Him. So there's a great statement here. It says, living by faith is obedience to God and trust in His outcome. It's not in what I can do. It's me putting my confidence, my hope, my trust in, in God's outcome. What does God want to happen? It's me being obedient day by day, step by step, trusting God to lead me to be all that He wants me to be. But it's trusting Him for the outcome. It's not me going, hey, God, this is where I want to be. God, I want you to get me there. I want you to provide this. But it's trusting in His outcome, believing completely. You know what? God, here I am. I surrender. And then I love this statement. I posted this past week. It says, faith is not hoping that God will. It's knowing that He can. Faith is not hoping that God will. It's knowing that He can. And, and, and so it's not just hope. It's not just hoping. It's knowing. And there's a difference between the two. And, and so look at what it says here. This is our passage, kind of been our theme passage, if you will. It says, but thank God He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. We've used this passage really throughout this whole series. And, and look at what it says again. But thank God. So we take a minute. We thank God. He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so what Paul is writing to the church at Corinth there, he said, Hey, listen, take a minute, thank God for what he's already done. And so we thank God for what he's already done. And then he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way, through Christ. So here's a couple of next steps for us today, and maybe for you. Right there where you're at, next steps is the first one is this. Stop surrendering to fear and step out on faith today. And it doesn't matter if you're the dad, it doesn't matter if you're the mom, it doesn't matter if you're the kid. Stop surrendering to faith and letting it hold you captive. Just like the people, the Israelites, they had let Pharaoh hold them captive. And even as they're trapped in this cul-de-sac, if you would, by this Red Sea, they let fear take over. Rather than faith. And rather than trusting God, rather than trusting Moses, the guy that had been appointed by God, they're more concerned about the fear than the trust. And so maybe for you today, you stop surrendering to fear and you step out on faith today. 
And maybe today, and, and maybe God's been dealing with you for a long time. He, he, you've been wanting to give your life to Christ, but you've been letting fear hold you captive. You've been letting fear hold you back. You've been letting fear discourage you every time you get close. And, and oftentimes what we do is, you know, I got saved at a church where you walked down an aisle and met a pastor at the front. And I can remember letting that keep me from accepting Christ for years. You know, I, I remember not surrendering, not giving my life to Christ because I was like, man, I'm not going down in front of all those people. Because they always turn them around and you have to face everybody. And, man, that would wig me out. It freaked me out. And I was like, you know, I'm not just not doing that. But here's what I'm saying is you don't have to. Right where you're at, man, on your, you can get on your knees. You can literally get down, sit in a chair where you're sitting right now and just say, God, I want to ask you to forgive me. I want to ask you to change my heart. And I want to quit letting fear rule in my life. But I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to know that my name is in your book of life. I want to know that I'm going to heaven one day. And I want my life to change now. So God, with all the faith that I have, I put my faith in you. And if that is your prayer, if that is the sincere prayer of your heart and the surrender of your heart, the Bible says you will be saved. So you just say, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I confess to you that I've sinned, I've messed up, I've blown it, and I need to quit living that way. I want to quit living that way. That's repentance. And so I quit living that way and I turn to you and I trust you by faith. Faith is the only way that we please God. Here's the second one. Lead your family by taking the next step right now. And that's really to the dads, or maybe even the mom, if there's not a dad in the home. You say, you know what? Today, I'm going to lead my family from this point forward. Quit making excuses. Quit blaming fear. Quit letting fear hold you captive. But you say, you know what? Today, starting today, I'm going to live in a way that honors God. If it's one step at a time, in front, one step at a time in front of another, it turns into a, a walk with Christ. And so we've got to be willing to do that. And here's the last one. Walk in victory. Those steps that we take, those baby steps, whatever they might be, maybe it's going through the waters of baptism, maybe it's getting in a life group, maybe it's you know beginning learning how to pray, maybe it's beginning to share my faith, whatever those steps are, if you'll begin to walk those steps out, I'm just telling you, you'll walk in victory. And you'll be able to experience you know the, the peace that passes understanding that the world can't understand. And then we'll realize, you know what, hey, as I walk with Christ, He fills me with His Holy Spirit. He teaches me. He comforts me. And here's the thing. I am filled with love, joy, peace, patience. All those fruits of the Spirit begin to show up in my life because the Holy Spirit is at work in me. And so maybe for you today, that is your prayer. Just get on your knees and pray that prayer. Just say, Jesus, will you come into my life? And Jesus, with all the faith that I have, I'm asking you to save me. Wherever you are, wherever you're watching this, that you would choose today to surrender to Jesus Christ as Lord and ask Him to come in to wash you clean and to literally put you on a path that is leading towards righteousness and right living. And here's the thing, by walking that path, you will influence so many people around you, especially the home you live in. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for today. I thank You for the privilege of being able to speak and teach Your Word. But God, I pray for the fathers that are out there. I thank You for being a father. God, I thank you for my boys, my three sons. And God, I thank you for the privilege of being able to pour into them, to teach them, to equip them. But God, I pray for their, I pray for them right now. Lord, I pray for wherever they are that you would bless them. God, that you'd pour out your Spirit on them. God, that you would draw them close to you. You'd breathe your life into them. And God, that your Holy Spirit would teach them. God, I pray for every dad that's out there right now. God, I pray that you'd bless these men. That they would choose Jesus. They would choose to live for you. They would not be so concerned about what people think. But, God, they would be more concerned about what you know. And, God, I pray that they put their faith in you for salvation right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you just made a decision to follow Christ, we want you to know it is the greatest decision you have ever made. And we want to help you with your next steps. 
If you will, text the phrase, my decision, to the number on your screen, and we would love to help you start this journey with Christ. Again, we are so excited to see all that God does in you and through you. We're going to bring our tithes and offering to God. I want to encourage you to put God first in this area of your life. Now, we do that through our giving, and we've made this super simple. So you should see a link on the screen and in the comment section to the Journey Church giving page, and there you can return your tithe and offering. If you need help learning how to give online, we have several tutorial videos on our YouTube page. Your giving allows us to continue making an increasing impact for the gospel. So take that step right now and allow God to bless your obedience. Let's pray together. And Father, we do thank you for today. God, thank you for uh, equipping us and allowing us to be obedient and to give to you. And Father, we pray that as we give, you increase. And God, you use the money to impact this area, our community, and our world. For your sake, Jesus, we pray this. Amen. Again, thank you so much for joining us online today. And we look forward to seeing you right here next week.